Hi, everybody. Thanks for joining me. This is video four in our poolside series. Today, we're going to be talking about the section that is labeled Knowing I Have Need of Him. You know, it's really amazing to me when I wrote this and um, was preparing to launch this. Obviously, I had no idea that um, I would be launching it in such a time of absolute chaos and pain and just so gut-wrenching, and yet God did. God knew exactly that this is when Poolside would get launched, and um, I do believe he's definitely using it as food for us right now to help us keep our focus on him, to help us know exactly where to keep our hearts, to know who's holding our hearts right now. Um, even through these times, what I've seen, I know personally, it has made me bolder to really want to um, spread the good news so that people really know that Jesus is for him, that Jesus is so practical in ways that we may not have actually known that before. We always kind of think God is so distant and far off, and yet Jesus is right here in the middle of crisis with us. And I'm so grateful that you chose to be doing Poolside, and I'm so grateful that you've continued to join me in the video series, and I'm so grateful for all the comments and the feedback that I've gotten, and so many of you have even spread the word throughout your communities, and I'm so grateful because truly that's the only way Poolside will get around. It's a grassroots effort, and it's a small me solo publishing it, and um, I've loved that. I loved um, being able to to really um, stay connected with the the copy and not have any of it get altered in any way. It's been really, really, really important to me that um, Jesus was exalted throughout this entire study and that it would be scripture-based and that it would connect you with the Lord and that you would feel confident in, in knowing that you can hear him and experience him. So, you know, I think no matter where we are right now, the overarching um, feeling the overarching uh, cry is pain. I think we are all hearing and seeing and feeling enormous pain right now, and we're just sort of in this great chasm and of just these gut-wrenching horrors and um, violence and misunderstandings and and harshness of the moment that we're in. It, it's so fragile and yet so enormous. And at the same time, I think, wow, we are collectively all experiencing pain on a level that, that I don't think maybe we've ever done before. Uh, I know personally I haven't in my lifetime ever seen such a, 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 a movement of collective pain, which we are experiencing right now. And, and, you know, our first reaction to pain is that we always want to make it stop. It's just, you know, make it stop. Whatever it is, just make the pain stop. And that reaction actually makes us very efficient as humans, especially when it comes to physical pain, but it sometimes can really be a hindrance when it comes to emotional pain because in our rush to stop, we often overlook the opportunity to actually heal. And it's hard for people to listen when pain is so loud. And it's really hard for people to identify their needs when pain is so loud. So physically, when we react to stop pain is a good thing. Emotionally, 
when we prefer that quick fix, when we want to just stop the immediate pain, um, it actually uh, causes us to overlook what is really the, the deep need on the inside. And quick fixes emotionally only deteriorate over time because they don't actually heal. heal. They actually blind us from what we really need. You know, it, it, it really masks what's going on underneath. And I think we've all been living under a masking of something. And we're now in this uh, season of allowing the mask to come off. And we're all crying for uh, truth and justice and um, equality and unity and all these things that sound good. But we are in the birthing pains of actually pushing it through because that's what everyone, the cry of of everyone's heart that I talk to, the majority of us would say that we want. And um, even though a quick fix can stop the bleeding of an injury, it, um, it oftentimes leads us to not being able to really see what the interior wounds are. In other words, if I had a gash on my leg and I rush in and I stop the bleeding, that works to stop the bleeding. But if I don't allow... Uh, someone to go in and really see what's going on with the muscle tissue, with the connective tissue, what's really going on on the inside. If even if I just stop and wrap it up, what's going to happen is uh, the inside is going to be restricted. It's going to be damaged. It's never actually going to heal. And this is really what happens with our hearts when we rush in to stop, numb out, um, disconnect, not hear, not want to look. We uh, create this restriction and this actually this damage and this hindrance in our, on our internal atmosphere and the emotional atmosphere of our lives. And um, we don't allow our hearts to heal. We don't allow our emotions to be healed. And it's kind of one of those things of why we, we a lot of times ask ourselves, you know, I don't know why I react the way that I do. Or I don't know why sometimes I say the things that I do. Well, because subconsciously, underneath it all, Things are being seeded. Things are being left to fester. And if we don't allow those to heal, then um, we kind of create uh, an internal mess that we really don't ever know how to figure out and how to fix. So we just sort of mask it. We just sort of pick up performance. We just sort of um, go about and we don't ever develop a internal radar that allows us to build our awareness. So that's really what I want to talk about today. And and you know, two weeks ago, it was really interesting. Um, God brought back a memory of a very practical thing that I learned in elementary school. And I've been pausing and, and reflecting on this because he keeps reminding me about this. And so I wanted to share that um, and unpack that with y'all today. When I was in elementary school, um, our playground was not attached to our the, the campus where the school buildings were. In fact, we had to cross a busy street and then we had to walk a block to actually get to the playground. And so when we would walk up to the busy street and we would get to the edge of the curve right before we were to cross, there was this saying that our teachers taught us and it is still, it's so imprinted and ingrained in me that I can even remember exactly what it felt like, looked like, and I remember the exact words. And those exact words were, when you get to the curb, when you get to the intersection, when you are about to cross, you stop, you look, and you listen. Stop, look, and listen. And you know, God began to show me that at so many levels, and he began to help me unpack 
that um, saying on a personal level, emotionally and spiritually right now. And I thought, because I thought immediately when God brought that to my mind, I thought, how strange is that? Stop, look, and listen. Why am I having that memory? But then when I began to ask him more about it, he began to show me how to emotionally do this and how to spiritually do this. So personally, I've stopped in the sense that I stopped assuming I know every accurate detail about what's going on. And I stopped thinking that I understood it all. Basically, what God has had me do is empty my bucket of assumptions of what I thought I knew or what I think I know. I've taken the time to look. I have taken the time to look around, to read, to see what is happening, to not turn away because of the images or the scenes make me uncomfortable, sad, mad, or angry. I want to build my capacity to be aware. And the way that we do that is by looking and really looking. So um, I can see that, that I can see the need when I really stop and look. And then when I listen and I've begun to listen to other stories, journeys, voices, especially those that I may not have, have listened to or been aware that were out there before, um, I begin to have ears that hear. And I begin to be a person that values listening. And if you know anything about healing, you know that healing starts when people feel heard. So that is how on a personal note, I have stopped, looked, and listened. So when we just want pain to stop and and we don't stop, look, and listen, we are actually shutting ourselves down from building capacity. We're actually disconnecting from being a, a heart that hears. And then we are wanting others to shut down. We are wanting others to not tell us about their uncomfortableness or their pain. And so we are, are, are again contributing to just masking things. We are reaching to just numb out. We don't wanna go any further. We just look to fix it and move on. And we really devalue at that moment what is actually happening around us. And this is not the model that Jesus set. In fact, Jesus was very good at stop, look, and listen. He modeled this principle so well in the natural and spiritually. In fact, I'm sure you've even seen some of this on some of the um, stories that we've read. So in the physical, Jesus stopped. He stopped for the hurting. He stopped for the overlooked. He stopped for the wounded. He stopped for the unwanted. He stopped for the arrogant. He stopped for the rich, for the poor, for the excluded, for the unlikelies, for the hard-hearted. And spiritually, he always practiced stopping to go and be alone with his father, to connect with his dad. He knew to empty himself before his father. So he modeled that so well for us. He also looked, he looked upon the depth of what was really happening physically. He was, he was looking to see what people's hearts were really, really saying, even though um, he could see what was happening around him physically, he was looking deeper beyond what was being said, beyond what was being presented. He was engaging himself in the day-to-day hardships and heartaches of those around him. And he would purposely travel to other cities in search of those who needed love and healing. Spiritually, how was he looking? All the while, it says in John 5, 19, he never took his eyes off what he saw the Father do. He says, I only do the works that I see the Father doing, for the Son does the same works as the Father. Jesus also listened. He allowed all of mankind, 
to pour out their hearts, to pour out their insults, to hurl their attacks, to to shower him with their anger, with their frustrations. He listened as they provoked him and judged him and pleaded with him and begged him. He never, ever shut off his ears to hear what was going on. He heard their pain. He heard their need. Even when they didn't know what they needed, he knew. And he always listened to what the father was saying. He says, because the father loves me, he always reveals to me what he is doing. See, he knew how to be available and present on earth while keeping a kingdom perspective in his heart. This is why we need Jesus. This is why that saying, y'all need Jesus. No, but this is the depth of why we really need Jesus because we cannot be present for the hurting without getting sucked into the problem in pity. And we cannot be present for ourselves because we don't know how to do that outside of him. We get really locked into the pain and then the pain gets overwhelming and the pain frightens us so we disconnect. So how do we stay connected with others while stewarding pain? With Jesus. See, Jesus never moved out of pity because pity magnifies the problem and actually dishonors the person. Jesus moved out of compassion because compassion empowered the person yet highlighted the problem. Pity does the reverse, and Jesus did not move out of pity. He moved out of compassion. If all we do is rush to stop, well, shut down, numb out from the pain or the discomfort or the sadness of ourselves or others, we miss getting the greatest need of our life, which is to be healed and to be healed by him. It sounds so simple, but you know, it's actually so much harder because pain frightens us. And so I've begun to spiritually apply this exercise to myself lately. I talked to you in the beginning of how I physically and, and mentally was beginning to see how God was showing me how to stop, look, and listen. But how am I doing this spiritually? And that's what I want to share with you. When worry, fear, anger, uncertainty start to work on my thoughts and, and lure me into this downward spiral, I stop meaning I physically stop what I'm doing, whether I'm cleaning up the house, whether I'm walking in the grocery store, whether I'm even driving in the car, I just, I don't stop driving my car, but I turn the music off or, or, and I just stop and go, okay, I just had this reset. I sort of just put things down. I, I tell my thoughts to be still, which is, okay, wait a minute. It sounds sort of like that. Okay. Wait a minute, Ash. What are you thinking? And doing this is building awareness. Doing that is actually building awareness for me to have the capacity to be with others to, in their pain and to allow my own pain to surface without getting frightened. Then I look. And by looking, I mean, I say, Jesus, show me where you are in this situation, in this moment. Or you can even do it this way, which is what we call Emmanuel moments, Emmanuel prayer, which is God with us. You can, when you're looking for Jesus, you can think of your favorite place, wherever that is. It might be your home. It might be outside. It might be a a place you visited. Think of your favorite place. Imagine yourself in your favorite place. And while you're there, imagining yourself in your favorite place with all the familiar sights and sounds and smells, 
Ask Jesus to join you. Jesus, join me. And Jesus, show me where you are right now. Now, if you see him sort of behind you, then ask him to come around closer. If you see him far off in the distance, then say, Jesus, would you come closer? Jesus, would you come sit near me so I can see your face? Invite him to come into a very close personal space with you. Then here's how you can apply the listen piece. Then you can say, Jesus, what am I feeling? Just ask him, Jesus, what am I feeling? Because oftentimes we may think we know exactly what we're feeling, but but ask him because there's undercurrents. There's undercurrents going on all the time in our subconscious, in our hearts that we are not aware of because we're so good at doing the day-to-day. We're so good at being highly functional, efficient people that we do not often examine the undercurrents. And if we examine them outside of Jesus, we can get really messed up. But when we invite Jesus in and we say, Jesus, what am I feeling? Now ask him this. After you've identified the feeling, okay, Jesus, I see I'm feeling whatever it is. Jesus, what do I need? And you know, sometimes when I've asked that question, it's been as simple as you need a hug. And I say, all right, Jesus, will you hug me? Sometimes it can be as simple as you need to know that you're worthy. And I'm like, Jesus, thank you for telling me that. Jesus, will you tell me that I'm worthy? I think sometimes the answers of what we really need might surprise us. You know, victory in our faith doesn't mean we're never going to experience pain, fear, anger, or disappointment. Victory, triumph in our faith faith means always staying in relationship with Jesus, no matter what. Always being aware of knowing that we need him to navigate this world, to deconstruct what we're hearing. That's what victory is. Victory is always staying in relationship with Jesus, no matter what is going on within us or around us. And when we do this simple exercise, stop, look, and listen, of connecting with him, it's amazing how we can experience him throughout our entire day, especially right now. We cannot navigate this world without him. That's why he says in John 14, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way through this world. He is our truth. He is our banner. He is our foundation. He is the life. He is the one that brings life out of the impossible. We are living in the impossible right now, and it can be very heavy. And I so hope that this message today of stop, look, and listen has encouraged you in a way that that you never thought of before. I want to close today by reading out of Matthew 6, and I'm going to start in verse 9, where Jesus highlights that that God knows our needs. And then I'm going to read through verse 13, and it's actually the Lord's Prayer, but I'm reading out of the Passion Translation, which on the previous videos I've read out of before. And if you're not familiar with that, it is a beautiful version that I encourage you to um, look into and maybe even purchase a copy for yourself. So Matthew 6, verse 9, verse 8, excuse me, says, There's no need to imitate them since your father already knows what you need before you ask him. Pray like this, Our Father, dwelling in the heavenly realms, 
May the glory of your name be the center on which our lives turn. Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth, just as it is fulfilled in heaven. We acknowledge you as our provider of all we need each day. Forgive us the wrongs we have done as we ourselves release forgiveness to those who have wronged us. Rescue us every time we face tribulation and set us free from evil. For you are the king who rules with power and glory forever. Amen. I can't think of a better prayer to be praying right now than the very prayer that Jesus taught us, which is the Lord's Prayer. And I loved how um, the Passion Translation words the Lord's Prayer. So I'd love to, right now, I'd love to pray for you as we close. I also want to say, please leave questions or comments that you have. Uh, You can direct message me. You can um, leave them on the social media feeds or access me through my website. I look forward to, to hearing your comments and your suggestions and your questions. So Lord, on this day that we are stopping and looking and listening, we are stopping and looking and listening for you. Help us develop this awareness. Help us develop the capacity to hear pain, to steward pain, and to know that you are the way and the truth and the life. I thank you, Father God, that you do not abandon us or forsake us. I thank you that you are right here in the midst of all that we are experiencing. And I thank you, Father God, that your voice would be the voice that is amplified today. I thank you, Jesus, that that your voice is, is the one that is heard, that your heart is the heart that we hear, Father God. And I thank you, Lord, that... Um, You are giving us a new way to connect not only with you, but you are giving us a new way to connect with others around us and others that may not even be around us. I thank you, Lord, that you are purposely putting new people and new faces in our paths and and in our lives. So, Lord, we ask that you would lead us out with extraordinary compassion, compassion to really be those that can be aware and steward and hear and help others heal through their pain. Father God, I thank you by doing that. You are first healing us. And I thank you for the healing that is happening right now in our hearts and in our minds. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all, I look forward to seeing you next week in video five. And um, I bless you and I thank you for being with me. And I just pray that um, hope and joy are being stirred in your hearts. And I pray that you are feeling blessed and lifted today. Thanks so much, and I'll see you next time.